This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's match day for Arsenal as they take on Burnley at Turf Moor. Meanwhile, Mikel Arteta decided not to shut down rumours regarding Kylian Mbappe. And there's some positive team news to discuss as well in today's Arsenal News Show. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal News Show. Back with you guys for another episode of what is uh, the Guna Talk this morning, every day at 8am UK time. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. I hope you've had a fantastic week. I hope you're ready for the weekend. I hope you're ready for match day. And uh, first of all, thank you for uh, those that tuned in yesterday. Apologies again that it was a slightly earlier show than usual. That was because Mikel Arteta um, was conducting his press conference, of course. And uh, I actually said to you all that I was concerned. Uh, I was concerned that we weren't going to hit our likes target for Friday. And you all did a astounding job. We got one and a half thousand likes on yesterday's video. So thank you. We continue with the push for 1K every day. So if you haven't dropped a like yet on today's video, please make sure that you do. It would be really, really appreciated as we aim towards our target once again, as we push towards the end of the season. There's this title push goes on, as does our challenge to hit 1K every day. Good morning to those joining us live in the chat box. I reckon streaming has probably been a bit muggy, but we'll see. Uh, yes, it certainly has. Angela Ans, good morning to you, to Marcus, to Temi, to Rowan, to Franklin, the process, uh, Amira Red Star, uh, Yomi and Grantley Poos, and Amesy and Kim, uh, Rob, Kieran, Ismail, Input, Paul. Uh, we've got Adam and Dellen, Adagoke. We've got Sean and Urban Ghost, Thierry. Um, Paul as well, um, and plenty more of you guys and girls. This one from Jeff's this morning. First time being able to watch it on YouTube as I'm normally working. I've been listening for the last three months on Spotify, so today I can hit the like button, keep up the good chat. Thanks, Jeff. Much appreciate your time. And to those that do listen on audio platforms, thank you for your listenership. It is appreciated. Do hop over to YouTube, though, and make sure to join in with the 1K Like Challenge. Right, let's jump into today's stories. We start with Arsenal's under-21s. Back to winning ways. Fantastic stuff for uh, Mehmet Ali, who, of course, has been a little bit frustrated of late. Arsenal have lost a lot of their key stars 
who went out on loan uh, for the rest of the season. But Arsenal's on 21s with goals from Nathan Butler Oyadeji, who actually had been spending some time away on loan. He's now back in the side and scoring straight away. Osman Kamara, uh, Ismail Uladamhand, and Jimmy Gower with the goals to beat Southampton. Four, two. What that means for the PL2 table is Arsenal are third at the moment. Tottenham Hotspur actually lead the race with 33 points. They've only played 11 games. They've won all 11 of their fixtures. They're having a very, very good season. They're, they're under 21s. And so if Arsenal are hoping to catch anyone, they're going to have to keep on winning themselves. But it seems that they are uh, going to struggle to catch their North London rivals at the moment. But a good win um, this week, which is very positive indeed. Mikel Arteta conducted his press conference yesterday, and that's why, of course, we had our earlier show. But he discussed a number of interesting points of view. He was asked about Kylian Mbappe. Uh, and I think that's where we should probably start, because the interesting point about Mbappe is that he didn't shut it down. He said, uh, well, the reporter was asking, saying we kind of know where he's going to go. And Arteta was like, do you? Um, in a jokey way. And then when asked about it, he says, when there is a player of that caliber, we always have to be in the conversation. But as you said, it looks like it will go a different way. Now, there were further quotes that actually came out following, uh, following that uh, discussion, if you like, because... Uh, there was an embargo section which was actually released uh, slightly earlier than it would do usually. It got released around uh, 11 o'clock and that continued um, those uh, those talking points about Kylian Mbappe. He said, when there is a player of that calibre, as we've already talked about, we always have to be in the conversation even though it's in a different way. But um, the additional quotes, if they can actually, here we go. Um, the This is what I want. Where is the additional words? Here we go. You think I'd have this stuff ready, wouldn't you? Uh, yes, he says, why not? He told reporters on uh, on Friday, if we want to be the best team, we are going to need the best talent and best players. That is for sure. Uh, he is a real, um, and in kind of talking about um, Mbappe and what he said previously about Arsenal, talking about Arsene Wenger, he says uh, he's a real French football monument who has left Arsenal. I have not seen many people like this in the world being viewed in such a unanimous way. He also spoke about how he very nearly signed uh, for Arsenal and Mbappe in the past as well. But Arteta turned around yesterday and said, I am not in regarding the conversations about signing Mbappe. Maybe Edu and the owners are, but I am not in those conversations until the last stage. It is so funny, this the whole story that has just kind of, I suppose, if you like, snowballed uh, from that press conference. But hearing him talk so openly about it, I think it was great. I think it was great to see him not shut it down. I think it was great, obviously, to see him talk about Arsenal in that manner. I've been waiting for a decade plus for Arsenal to to talk about, um, you know, players and, and transfers like this before. Because usually we're so used to, if you ask about a specific player or would you sign them, you know, he, he's turned around before and been like, well, I don't talk about players that aren't of Arsenal. But he answered this question in a really interesting way. And I suppose because it's been confirmed now that Mbappe will be leaving on a free in the summer, there's more scope to speak about a player like that because you're not having to buy them off them if you were to sign them. So it makes sense that he would now change his tune regarding the answer to that question. But yeah, saying uh, we have to be in the conversation for the best players in the world, I really liked that answer. He also talked about the latest team news regarding Thomas Partey, uh, which was really, really positive as well, um, because obviously we, we hope that Partey does return soon, but it's obviously very frustrating that he's not been in the lineup. He says, no, there are no big setbacks of any of the other injuries, and Thomas Partey as well is progressing really well. I don't want to say too much, but he's looking very good, and he's on the field 
already, which is great. He also says some of the team have been progressing better than others. We have a training session again today. Some of them have done a few bits this week, and I'm positive that hopefully we're going to get a few back for tomorrow. He was asked if any were ruled out for tomorrow, and he said at the moment, no, which is great. You know, I suppose none are necessarily ruled out. Um, and loads are in contention. So that could be Zinchenko, that could be Jesus, that could be uh, Tomiyasu, Smith-Rowe, even Fabio Vieira could be back soon. And he was asked specifically about Fabio Vieira in the press conference. He said he's very close. He's been training already for a few days with the team. So I think it's very close. He'll be back probably faster than we expected. And he's in a good place. And there was he was asked if he could play against Porto. And he says, yeah, there is a good chance. Uh, there is a chance, yes. So... Really positive stuff regarding team news there. Moving into transfers, and Daniele Longo has suggested that Arsenal remain very interested in signing uh, Joshua Zerkzy from Bologna in the summer. He's a player that Arsenal have had an interest from. Sam Dean reporting this story in January. There's a €50 million Euro price tag on the head of the former Bayern Munich player. And whether or not Arsenal end up moving for him in the summer, we will have to wait and see. However... Zerkzy being a centre-forward playing in that attacking position, you'd imagine that he's probably on the list of players that Arsenal are considering for centre-forward, but I'd be surprised if Zerkzy is the number one target. But it doesn't surprise me that he's being mentioned as a potential option that Arsenal are certainly keeping their eye on and considering. So yes, let's wait and see what happens with Joshua Zerkzy in the summer. And lastly, just to discuss this one, uh, according to Alex Crook of Talk Sport, Wolves are said to want a figure of £60 million for Pedro price tag. There's an expectation that he will indeed be leaving in the summer, but we're unsure as to which club are going to be getting their hands on the Portuguese international. But Wolves are said to want £60 million to get your hands on Pedro Neto. Would you pay that? Let us know in the comments section down below. Right, let's go to part two. And your questions right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, then. Right. Shall we jump into some of your questions? I think that we should. Um, the process is Man City fans are convinced that Arteta will replace Pep at City. Do you foresee a situation where we will have to fend off outside interest in Arteta and in the near future? Well, of course, managers being linked with um, potential moves abroad and potential opportunities elsewhere is always going to be part and parcel of you know having a good manager. You're always going to have to fend off the opportunity to, you know, see players arrive or potentially to see players move in different, uh, sorry, managers move in different directions. And if you've got a manager that's doing very well, that's just, you know, it's going to be part of the process, if you like, uh, to use it uh, for the lack of a better of a word. But I think that 
Arteta, um, his future will lie obviously elsewhere one day. Would he do a Jurgen Klopp and say that he'd never manage another club in England? He certainly didn't deny that when he was asked about it recently. He's got links with Everton. He's got links with City. He's got links with PSG, links with Barcelona, links with Rangers, links with Real Sociedad. You know, there's lots of history for Arteta to look at. And he's still very young in his management. You know, Pep Guardiola's first job at Barcelona after taking on with the youth side led him to Bayern and it led him to City. So who's to say that Mikel Arteta will, of course, be at Arsenal forever? He won't be. Uh, there will come a day where Arsenal will change their manager. That day will come one day. But uh, whether he goes to Man City or not, we don't know. And whether he goes during the time of his contract, we'll have to wait and see. But Arsenal are very confident and controlled and relaxed about his new deal. So I wouldn't be worrying about that at this point in time. Uh, Maximilian says, two, I think what Arteta meant by his first comment is that Arsenal should go back for being one of the biggest clubs that should be in the mix whenever players like Mbappe are in transfer contention. Yeah, just to go back to that Mbappe story, I think, and I agree with Drago here, Arteta answered it perfectly. We all know he's off to Madrid, but you want to be in the option when these big moves happen. And I think that's absolutely spot on. I don't expect Mbappe to end up at Arsenal. I don't expect Arsenal to be able to even compete with the financial ramifications of what that deal would entail. But Arteta did answer it perfectly. And I think that he sounded out Arsenal as one of the sides that will be in the market for the big players. And when there comes an opportunity that they can take and they can compete for, they will be looking to do that. Because if we want to be at the top of the game, we need to sign the best players. And that's exactly what Mikel Arteta said. Um, uh, Ezra says, Tom, have you seen the Sky Sports post comparing Saka's stats to Ronaldo's in the Prem? I have indeed. And for a 22-year-old to be putting up the numbers that Saka is putting up, it is absolutely incredible. And the fact that people still don't seem to rate Saka as highly as other players or are now dismissing him against the likes of Cole Palmer, it's crazy. Look at his numbers. They are ridiculous. Uh, the greatest of all time, thank you so much for the kind donation. Uh, morning, Tom. Off to the Emirates today. First time in 10 years. I'm excited to be coming home. Hit the like button. I'm assuming that's just for a tour. Um, you'd be incredibly disappointed to find out that Arsenal are playing away from home today. Um, so they won't be at the Emirates, of course. But uh, if you are going for a tour, I hope you have a fantastic time. My first time at the Emirates was actually when they were playing away at Chelsea and uh, in that 5-3 win uh, in which Robin Van Persie scored a hat-trick. I had a tour that day when I was a youngster, a teenager. And uh, I say, I think I was about 15, 16. And, um, and then went to the Blackstock um, to, to watch that 5-3 victory. It was... Uh, it was a great, great day. Um, let's go to... Oh, of course, the, the Arsenal uh, women's team are playing. Manchester United, it's sold out. I was speaking to somebody yesterday about this um, who's going to the game as well. First time a WSL game has sold out, um, which is amazing. How ignorant of me. Um, but uh, yes, Arsenal women play in Manchester United today. And uh, there's obviously that big, big pressure on Jonas Eideval to deliver because the pressure is is massive that's what happens when i'm working in and around the men's game it's very easy um to get so blinkered how terrible of me uh, steven says did you see the comparison between saka and ronaldo for their first 210 games uh saka has more goals and assists but is not yet considered world class um benji says tom who would you sacrifice out of our forward line including the bench options to get mbappe through the door um I think I would go... It's a good question because I think there is multiple options that we've got, to be honest, mate. I think we've got... You could drop out Jesus. You could drop out Martinelli. You could drop out Saka. I think there's 
the the addition of a player like Mbappe who can play so comfortably in the front three means that you can change things up. You can create unpredictability about your side and use different combinations. So Jesus would be the obvious one. I think he would start up front if he was to sign hypothetically. Um, but yeah, that's uh, very, very interesting to see where he would join, isn't it? Uh, just to round up uh, the WSL, because it's, it's certainly something that we should be looking at and why I shouldn't be... Um, looking at it as I did so ignorantly today. Um, but Chelsea lost yesterday in their game against Manchester City. A 1-0 win for City have really put them back in the race. Arsenal will go within three points of the league leaders if they beat Manchester United today at the Emirates at 12.30. That game will be done before the Burnley game kicks off, so there's no excuses for anyone not to watch it. So uh, let's make sure that we get involved. And a massive congratulations to those that are going today to today's game at the Emirates because it is a sold-out crowd. And it's going to be a great atmosphere indeed. Uh, Sadiq says, Saka doesn't look silky on the eye. And that's why some rivals will never rate him. Saka is effective. And that's more important. I think that there are games where he looks really silky, to be honest, Sadiq. I think there are games where Saka looks excellent, um, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily d agree that he's not silky. Um, but uh, I think there are games where he's less effective than others because teams mark him out of games. And when that happens, we need to utilise the other strengths that we've got to try and exploit the spaces that are created when they double up or treble up on Saka as well. Um, let's go to... Uh, Rand says it makes the West Ham United defeat even more annoying. It, you know, not just for the women's team, for the men's team. That The Fulham and the, the West Ham defeats for the men's side if we win those two games, we're top of the league and we're clear right now. That's the difference. And obviously that that West Ham game, yes, you're right. Had we have won that, we would be joined in the WSL at the top right now. Very, very frustrating. Um, incredibly frustrating. Uh, Nelson says, if we were going to spend $100 million on a forward, I can't that money be used instead as an offer for the contract of Mbappe. I'm no accounting whiz, so help me out. Yeah, Nelson, it's not as simple as that. So with transfer fees, they are amortized across the length of a contract up to five years. And so if you spend £100 million on a player in terms of a transfer fee and then the wages uh, are significantly lower, what it means is that that £100 million fee gets spread across five years. So £20 million a year. If you were to sign a player on a free transfer and then you had to pay a signing on fee and you had to pay a hundred million in wages let's say per year that shows up on the accounts for that year so it's incredibly expensive so no it doesn't work that way Nelson I'm afraid and uh yeah I'm not surprised it's finance is a complicated world and uh it's it's certainly no shame in not understanding how it works because it can be very tricky indeed um, Patrick says Rice seemed to be limping at the end of the West Ham game. Has he been seen in training since? Yes, he's trained this week, Patrick, so he should be fine for today. Um, Thomas says Saka suffers from the media being negative against Arsenal all the time. Is that do you think that's true? Saka, I think, sometimes escapes it, to be honest. I think Saka actually gets more of an easier ride compared to plenty of other Arsenal players like Gabby Jesus or Kai Havertz. Is it because he's English? Is that a reason as to why? Maybe. So getting the same kind of Harry Kane preferential treatment, if you will. But I know we're probably referencing what Rio Ferdinand was saying regarding him and Foden. There's no doubt in my mind that if, if Saka was in Foden's position at Man City, he would have won as much and if not performed better than Foden at City. So, yeah, I, I'd start all four of them in the team. I think Rice, Bellingham, Foden, midfield three, and then you've got Saka, Kane, and um, oh, the left-hand side is trickier, isn't it? Because you've got Sterling and Grealish and Rashford. 
Got a lot of options as England, and yet they've got one of the worst coaches that they could possibly have. Uh, Arthur says, uh, Tom, do you go to the press conference with several questions in case someone asks the question that you've prepared? Also, have you ever had the opportunity to ask the first questions? Uh, it doesn't work that way uh, in terms of kind of first questions because uh, the broadcasters will get um, the the first ones and then the the, the papers will get um, the the next ones. And then obviously there's an embargo section. So usually Sky or TalkSport, uh, depending on BBC, of course, whoever's there and the Premier League as well, their own reporters will get the first questions. Uh, but yes, you do go with multiple questions prepared because there's obviously always going to be a situation where something you've already asked has been um asked already and usually whenever i'm there uh when we are either one of the last or the last to ask the question so in the broadcast section so yes uh you always should go prepared with multiple questions just in case what you've planned on asking um doesn't happen sometimes you don't get the answers you want trust me i've been on the end of not just from arteta but players as well that don't want to answer the question that you prepared that you thought about and you think it's a really good question then Ultimately, it doesn't work out that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really, really was frustrated. Paul says, I'm going to tell Laura and Sophie that you forgot about the women playing today. <laughs> it's just a little slip, Paul. Don't you worry. And uh, I will be forgiven. Trust me, the amount of promotion and bigging up I do with the women's game, I think I can afford one little slip like that. And Magamba says, how is it worse? Um, he took it to a Euro final. Trust the process. Oh, my goodness me. People look at Southgate and say he took England to a European Championship final that they lost against an Italian side that they should have beaten comfortably and see it as a success. And I'm sorry, but it's just not. Like This is the difference between Southgate and Arteta. England, where they have been, where they have got to, they have underachieved. Arsenal, under Arteta, what they've done with him, they have overachieved, especially last season. And then this season, we're now fighting towards the expectations of challenging for the title. England should have got to the final of the World Cup and they should have won the European Championship. And they did neither of those things and they underachieved because the manager wasn't good enough. They're the team to do it without question. The team was good enough to do it. For Arsenal, and in comparison with Arteta, they don't have the team that was expected to win the title or to, to win um, the the FA Cup when they were knocked out by City and then obviously by Liverpool this season as well. Those weren't surprises when we were not knocked out. The one that you do hold against Arteta is the European stuff. Like the Europa League, underachieved, disappointing categorically. It's been a failure in the Europa League under Arteta without question. But all Southgate has done is underachieve as England manager for me. All he has done is underachieve. Um, Bulgaria says England better than France, Tom. No, but they are better than Croatia, mate. So, I sure the World Cup the last time, but I'm talking about the World Cup where ultimately he lost to Croatia in the semi finals. That's what I'm referring to. Um, Patrick says, Agree with you on Southgate. I really thought England should have won at the last World Cup. I, I'm not sure, I can't turn around and say that we should have beaten France. I think France are better than England, but certainly I think we should have been perhaps better and more competitive than we were. Um, in that game, it was, I think, we went out of a bit of a whimper against France. I know that we missed that penalty and, and Kane certainly bears the blame for that. But yeah, I, I feel like we still technically could have done more. But uh, I think ultimately you can't really be too frustrated um, about that. Guna Legend says, uh, I think you owe me an apology about Mbappe, Tom. I don't think I do, mate. <laughs> Until he signs for Arsenal, I'll, I will continue to to hold this position. And I don't think you've got any evidence whatsoever to suggest that I deserve to apologise to anyone but said that we should be in the conversation for Mbappe in terms of signing him. Arteta said the perfect answer to that question 
until we sign him. My apologies were remaining firmly in my pocket, mate. Uh, Archangel says, agreed, Tom. England have amazing players and they're underachieving. Um, England are Tottenham of the international world. Clive says, Tom, what are your thoughts on Zubamendi? Do you rate him? I do rate him, Clive, yes. Um, I think that he's an excellent competitor for this squad. I think you've got Declan Rice and you've got, obviously, Partey and Jorginho, but we don't know what's going to happen with those two. And I think what Zubamendi does, if you're looking at defensive midfielders in the world right now, he is up there amongst, you know, those early to mid-20s, going into mid-20s players that if you add him to your squad, you've got excellent depth of coverage. He's more similar to Jorginho than he is to Rice for me when I watch him play. Um, he's, he's a really good controller. And I think in a better side, he would really, it would really elevate his game. And I think, you know, whilst you look at certain strikers and you think, would their game be elevated at Arsenal? I'm not so sure because they play in different types of systems. But Zubamendi, although he, I think he didn't have the best of games against PSG, and I think that's been used against him quite significantly, I think harshly so. If we make judgments of players of just one game, especially in a team in which they're always going to suffer and they're missing a fair few players, Real Sociedad at the moment as well, like Tierney, for instance, I think that's harsh um, to judge him based on one game. I saw Harry do a video on him. And look, you can you can certainly analyse players based off one game if you want to, but I think you have to take into account the bigger context. This is somebody that is far better than what he showed against PSG. And, and I think he's suffered in the public opinion a bit since that PSG game as Yomi points out um Raf says with Hato signing a new deal presumably what defensive option would you go for if at all uh good question who would I go for defensively I've always thought we're pretty covered as a left side we've got Kivio we've got Gabriel I would only go for Hato really obviously I know it's kind of preparing for the future in a way and they saw it as a bit of a financial deal that wasn't one they should miss but with him signing a new contract I'm not sure that's the case anymore I think that a left-sided defender is not necessarily as needed as a right-sided option because um, Tommy Asu offers loads of coverage. Timber can play on both sides. We've got Kivior and Gabriel. I'd lean more towards signing a right-sided defender um, than a left-sided one. The question of who is a tougher one? Um I'll have a think, Raf, and I'll uh, I'll get back to you, mate, on that one. But uh, I might get sparked by some inspiration in the chat. But off the top of my head, I'm, I'm nothing's necessarily coming to mind. Although, yeah, well, Branthwaite is is a left footed player. I do like Branthwaite at um, at Everton, but he's he's a left footer. Uh, Darren Diamande is a great shout at Sporting. Yeah, fantastic young player, um, Ivory Coast international. Certainly one that could be. Um, on the list uh, of options as well. Inacio says Yomi, another uh, sporting player as well. And uh, yeah, Peter says, Tom, do you think that you could ever podcast like Henri or Bergkamp played? I mean, that's a tall order, mate. Um, but don't sell yourself short. So yeah, sure, why not? Uh, Marilyn says, technical. Uh, Saka is British, not English. Obviously, as there's no GB football team in internationals, then he's entitled to play for England. I don't know where that comes from, Marilyn, to be honest. I mean, isn't he both? He's he, Where was he born? Was he, he was born in England, wasn't he? He was born in, which is also part of Britain. Does it matter? Why do we care? <laughs> Why do we care so much? Uh, P-Sharp says, new defenders, I'd sign none. The squad is big enough, especially with Ruel Waters as well. Um, is Ruel Waters good enough is the question. We have to ask that question. Is he good enough um, to to play for the senior side. Yeah, I don't know. I've not 
seen enough. He's not been given the opportunity yet, really, um, to, to be able for us to know. But maybe there's a reason behind that. Perhaps there is a reason. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Uh, JKO says, Tom, all true, by the way. I have a 1K everyday like button on my YouTube. Unfortunately, this only works for me when I'm told the lineup of a certain Arsenal live event. Any chance that you could help me with that? Oh, if only I could. That's a shame that you won't like the video unless I reveal the surprise lineup for Thursday's podcast. But uh, I'm afraid you're going to have to wait, mate. I'm afraid you're going to have to wait. And if it means costing you a like, I'm afraid I'm going to have to keep that like held back. Uh, Rasters, I think we need one more. We have seven realistically, so we probably need one. And any injury uh, shows that we're quite sure. I like the Amande, to be fair. Uh, Euro 2. Uh, Walters is a bit of a question mark, yes. But I, I do think Diamandes is definitely up there with, with some top options. And Nasio, we've been linked to quite heavily before. Don't know if that means that we're going to move for him. Um, but is it, I think with the Hato, the Hato link, that surely kills Kivior's position for me. Unless they just use Tommy Asso on the right. But I feel like if Hato comes in and you need to give him minutes at senior level, that that's really does kill Kivior's pathway. But You've got to be ruthless. If you think you can sign a better player, sign a better player. And there's an interest from Italy and Kivio, or maybe you can make a profit on him. So that's maybe one to, to look out for. Um, Chris says, there's a guy who'll be free this summer. Uh, his name is Cedric Suarez, and he's a baller. Should we sign him? <laughs> uh, Drago says, Kivio is a centre-back. He is a centre-back, yes. So is uh, Hato, by the way. Um, I know he can play at uh, at left back, but your old Hato is is also a centre half. It's worth uh, it's worth pointing out. Uh, he's not a left back, even though he can play there. But if you look at the games uh, Hato has played this season, uh, if we have a quick look, he's played twenty five at centre half and six at left back. So yes, Kivior is certainly a, a centre back, as is Hato, which is another reason why if Hato was to come in, I think it would probably block um, or at least usurp or undermine the pathway of Kivior as well. Um, Angela says, are you still planning to record the live event and then publish on YouTube? That is the hope, Angela. Um, it depends upon the technicals of the event, but that is my hope um, that I will be doing. At the very minimum, I'm hoping it'll be on audio. We may, I'm hoping to film it as well, but at the very minimum, there'll be an audio version. I'm hoping they'll be able to record it live, but I need to speak with the event about that this week um let's and zoom in uk says who here is going to be going on thursday um there is there's a fair few people coming um you know i think there'll be a room close to 100 people in there so it's going to be great uh benji says could we go back in for someone like locatelli for the eight um arteta never really lets targets go um locatelli ah, he's disappeared isn't he off the face of the earth that name is just not being spoken about at all I think we maybe dodged a bit of a bullet, perhaps, with that one. Uh, Damien says, time is running out for me. <laughs> I'm glad Roscoy, actually, who put that comment in the other day, and we were all wondering, what on earth is he talking about? Um, he tuned in at the time where I actually said those words about another player <laughs> and repeated it, and it just came across out of context. Very, very dark, indeed. Uh, BMAC says, what's your thoughts on Charles de Catalea, um, the Belgian player currently for, is he at Milan, I think? Would you sign him if Smith Rowe were to be sold? I think the idea of selling Smith Rowe is actually because we've, we're really well stocked. If anything, Fabio Vieira, I think I'd be more inclined to move on than Smith Rowe. It depends upon the fee that you could get for both players. But I, I am still keen to see what Fabio Vieira can contribute and Smith Rowe can contribute to this team. But Charles de Catalea, I don't really know if he's pushed on enough since moving away from Anderlecht. Um, but yeah, let's let's wait and see. Um 
Let's go to uh, Ezra says, I cannot wait for the Porto game. Me neither. Darren says, I argued with younger players who would uh, play ping pong rather than socialising with older players contributed to Klinsman losing um, his job as well. Interesting conversation going on about international management. And uh, it's interesting, isn't it? I think about how player groups are defined. I think the England team have got a great camaraderie between all age groups, to be fair, as well. And that's certainly something that works in, in England's favour. But I just think we, we are a top manager away from winning more and more at that level. Uh, Benji says, Smith is definitely better than um, Charles de Catalaire, especially in the Premier League. Let's not get a shiny new toy for the sake of it. I do tend to agree. Yomi, are we collecting three points today? I certainly hope so and think so. It'd be an absolute devastation if we don't. Stephen says, we've only got 251 likes and there's nearly 800. Well, there's over 700 of you, well over 700 of you watching. So if you've not dropped a like on the video yet already, please make sure you do. Thank you to those that helped us to reach our like records for one of these shows since we started yesterday i was really worried about yesterday's show but it being saturday as well weekend's always a challenge so it's up to you guys to really step up uh, on these days and make sure you're hitting that 1k like challenge so please help us out um borough geringer says who would you like to see replace southgate i think the most natural and obvious english choices i don't believe that the lingam manager has to be english by the way and for those that do i really don't understand why um but uh, for me, I think that either one of Graham Potter or Eddie Howe should be looked at and considered. Eddie Howe, depending upon how he gets on with um, how he continues Newcastle, because I think there is some pressure there for Eddie Howe at Newcastle. I think Newcastle will eventually move on from Eddie Howe, and they think they've kind of outgrown him somewhat. But I think he's a very good coach um, and probably the best English coach that there is out there at the moment. If not, Graham Potter is is there. I think also another really good coach. I think they're the two I look at right now. And I, I certainly rate them more than, than Gareth Southgate. But if we're looking at globally, what managers? I mean, in, international football, I think, would really suit Jose Mourinho. And I think that I'd love to see Jose Mourinho at international level. Whether that's with England, I don't know. I'd, I'd hate him at Arsenal. But maybe there's something about, the, uh, something about Jose Mourinho as England manager that just really excites me um and yeah that would be that would be quite special he did an interview where he talked about turning it down uh in the late 2000s as well but uh i wouldn't be against it for england i really wouldn't i really really wouldn't jürgen klopp says bazzer he's taken a bit of a sabbatical um i'd be interested to see but there's that i don't know if that i don't know if he said that he'd ever manage England. Did he include that in his speech? Because I know that Liverpool fans have a bit of a thing with the national side, didn't they? So I don't know if, if Klopp would be, you know, in, in some ways being viewed as betraying Liverpool fans somewhat if they uh, uh, if they if he went and managed the England national team. So, but I don't really know what the, the history of that is, but I'm sure I'd, I'm aware of there being kind of a thing about the England national side. But I, I can't say that for sure. It's very... Uh, very accusatory without knowing the facts, but I'm, I'm sure I remember there being something about that. Um, but yeah, imagine the, the Mourinho memes, Des, says Damien. Absolutely. Um, Morgan says, Tom, if no one has said it already, I have to say, really nice shirt. Thanks, mate. This is one of my favourites. The old training, I think it was the European training kit from last season. It is, yeah. Bulgarian Guinness says, I'd love to see you all pulling your hair out watching Jose part the bus. The thing is, he's got so much attacking talent with, with England. I think he would still play pretty attacking football with us. Um, but in the big, big games or in finals and things like that, he'd know how to 
to play in the best possible way as well. So, yeah, one to look out for. Uh, Valor says, um, Tom, do you think Rice will be taking corners today considering his record in the past few games? Also, how many corners do you think we'll get? Over 5.5, perhaps? Are you trying to get betting advice from me, mate? <laughs> Is that what you're doing? I'm not going to give you betting advice, I'm afraid. I can't do that. Um, so I'm, I'm terrible at it. That's why I've not done it for years and years and years and years. So, yeah, there you go. Um, let's go to Wally says, were you surprised that Arteta has been speaking about a player as openly as Mbappe in recent press conferences? He usually brushes the rumours aside. He did it in a really... Um, shrewd way Wally to be honest um he talked about it in the sense of the general the general side of it as in like the biggest players in the world Arsenal need to be involved in that and I think it was a really clever way he didn't mention Mbappe by name I know he was asked specifically about him but he didn't use his name he used the general kind of term of the biggest players Arsenal need to be involved in them um I remember asking him a question I asked him a question about Mihailo Mudrik, um, but I didn't use Mihailo Mudrik in the question. And I was talking about, like, I asked him a question around the idea of having to overpay for certain players or coming to terms with the fact that now you have to pay way over market value to get players that you don't necessarily value that high. And it got a really good answer, actually, from Arteta from that question. So it's about how you ask the questions. And also, while I think that naming Mbappe in the question from the report, I think it's from the BBC that that did it. Uh, there was a risk that he may not have answered it, but I think he he did a great job in asking the question as well. So um, there you go. Vela says, it's a genuine question, though. His assist per corner stat is probably quite high. He should be on set pieces, without a doubt, and, and Rice has been brilliant for those. So, And we're up against a Burnley side that aren't as good defensively from set pieces as they used to be, or as offensively good as they used to be either. I think it's going to be a very intriguing day uh, game today um i think we might end the show there uh, thank you so much guys for tuning in very much appreciate your time as always there's premier league action of course we haven't really run through those premier league fixtures for today so we'll do that before we leave uh early kickoff liverpool against brentford at the gtech community stadium uh burnley against arsenal at three with fulham against villa newcastle against bournemouth and forest against west ham and spurs with wolves and then the 5.30 kickoff is that big Man City-Chelsea game. That's going to be interesting indeed. Uh, Sheffield United play Brighton. Luton play Man United tomorrow. They're, both of those games are on Sunday. And then we've got a Monday night fixture between Everton and Palace. And then Brentford, Man City and Liverpool-Luton take place in midweek. But we'll talk about those closer to the time. Have a fantastic Saturday. I hope you enjoy yourselves. I'm having a day off today. I'm not working. An Arsenal game, and I'm not working. Joyous. Uh, I actually get to sit down and watch and react as a fan without having to worry about writing about a story after the game, which is going to feel a little bit alien today, actually, but uh, I'm working tomorrow instead. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be nice. I might do a show straight after full time. So just watch out for that. We may have a game. Uh, we may have a show straight after full time. So if you want to tune in, I might even do it as a phone-in show. Um, so just watch out for that, depending on how it goes. I'm either going to do it as a podcast with some guests or I'll do it as a phone-in show or I might just hop on and have a chat with you all. But uh, we should have a show for you uh, around five o'clock. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Have a fantastic day. Stay safe, stay well, stay happy and respectful. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. 
all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mate's already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.